This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Doug Keck, President and CEO of EWTN, talks about Catholic Radio, an essential commodity. What characteristics did Mother Angelica have that enabled her to trust in God? Why is Catholic Radio so important? Well, let's find out. Doug is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. Be Doug Keck. His role, he is going to be talking about his role at EWTN and stories of Mother Angelic. Doug Keck. Doug, are you there? Yeah, I am, Kelly. Uh, How are you? Great. Thank you so much for, for, for joining us today. What a blessing it is to have you on Divine Mercy Radio. No, it's a blessing to be asked and to appreciate the great work you guys have been doing in Catholic Radio. Ah, so good. Well, I'm going to give a little bit of an introduction. I think everybody knows who Doug Keck is, but if they don't, we're going to give the introduction just in case. So Doug Keck is the President and Chief Operating Officer of the EWTN Global Catholic Network, which includes television, radio, internet programming, and production of the largest Catholic media network in the world. Raised a Catholic in New York, Doug's focus was in his secular television career. Doug's focus changed when he and his wife went to a marriage encounter weekend. Doug has been with EW10 for nearly 30 years and has worked with Mother Angelica. Wow, what a what a blessing. 30 years with EWTN and to 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 work shoulder to shoulder with Mother Angelica, I can't even imagine. Right. Well, I couldn't imagine it either when I was working in New York, uh, but uh, somehow I find myself, uh, thanks to Marriage Encounter and Curcio, to get myself back into focus on my faith and wandered down to uh, use my radio and television skill set, which I had been uh, honing in New York, hopefully, to the benefit of uh, of EWTN, and Mother gave me a shot, and uh, I got to work uh, fairly close with her for about five years, and... Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm still here, how many years later, uh, working on her mission. That's, that's beautiful. And, and you know, your, your interest said that, that your life was changed because of, of Marriage Encounter. You were working, you know, in, in secular media, secular television career, and then you went on this Marriage Encounter. You know, we're, we're living right now in a time when divorce, living together instead of getting married is so prevalent in our society. So, so what was it about Marriage Encounter that led you to grow deeper into to your Catholic faith, and eventually, of course, led you to, to EWTN? Well, uh, it was friends of ours from high school who had invited us uh, to a party they were having. It was their, uh, they were renewing their vows, and we were kind of like, oh, okay, that's nice. And uh, I was lucky enough to have married the girl I went to high school with, my high school sweetheart. Aww. And so, uh, <laughs> so we went uh, to this uh, party they had, and they were... Uh, you know, holding hands and praying and dancing, uh, you know, t- with each other. And it was kind of a big change from the last time we'd seen them. And we saw a marriage encounter and things. And I had been familiar with marriage encounter because it actually the high school, Holy Trinity High School, that we had all gone to in the early 70s was uh, a center point for uh, some of the marriage encounter movement on Long Island, which was where worldwide marriage encounter really uh, sprung up in the United States. And so I was somewhat familiar with it, but uh, we saw them, and they had uh, 
you know, kind of invited us, our, our, our friend from high school invited my wife to say, why don't you go on a weekend and be good and figured, yeah, sure, I'm, uh, I like go on some weekend, I can pontificate about my personal ideas about life. And you go on a marriage account, it's nothing like that at all. It's totally private. And uh, it really focuses you on the, the importance of marriage as a sacrament, something we lose sight of. Mm. Uh, and it really uh, compels you to look at the idea of communication skills and things like that. But the first thing of all is putting God at the center of your life. And if you put God at the center of the life, uh, you know, then it's the couple and then the children, and then it comes out from there, the family. And you have that circle in the right order, uh, suddenly life starts to make a lot more sense. And so it was an important way to, uh, you learn to communicate uh, with each other, you learn to pray together with each other, and uh, and it builds your family spirituality, at least for me. Uh, and uh, so it was very helpful, and out of that I followed up by going to Crisio. And Crisio kind of opened my eyes to the idea of the broader church and the image I always portray from the Crisio is kind of like being in a dark room and realizing that the shades are pulled down, that if you just lift the shades up, there's all this light out there. In other words, God is always there. He's always, in a, in a sense, communicating with you. It's just that we're too busy uh, to pay attention or we allow too much noise in the world to drown out his voice. Yeah, yeah, really, really. Isn't that just so true? I, I think we just have so much going on in our lives. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, you went to this marriage encounter. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. your, your your focus isn't changed, and somehow you end up at EWTN. So, so take right. us through through that path and, and where you went with that. Uh, well, there's a couple of things that that roll into it. One is that uh, my wife and I became a team, which means a couple that would give weekends. So that got us more involved. We were also in the media couple, so we actually uh, did a couple of things in New York, one on Fox News in New York and one on a show that used to be uh, with a priest and a rabbi used to do called uh, The God Squad. And so we were on, and we were so we were doing that kind of work for the... And my wife was the booking person, so people would call up. So we were heavily involved in that way. And at the same time, uh, I had a, a child who with special needs who was diagnosed as mm-hmm. being autistic, And when some of those things kind of happen, they kind of reformulate your focus on what's important in life, and you realize that a lot of the things the world thinks are so important really aren't that important. Um, And so that combined with uh, us renewing, you know, kind of our relationship and our faith, uh, you know, then I started watching EWTN on television on Long Island. And since I was working in the cable TV business, I had started working 1976, I had worked in radio first, but then I had worked in cable television for a man named Chuck Dolan, who started Home Box Office. Uh, and so I worked there on a regional sports networks. I worked with the Mets and the Yankees. I worked with startup of AMC, Bravo, CNBC, a bunch of regional sports networks, several news channels. So I had done a lot of those kinds of things, uh, but I you know, was kind of becoming more interested in my faith, uh, you know, listening to tapes, uh, you know, these call us tapeworms, uh, you know, audio of conferences, and you kind of building up your faith. I wasn't a person who was, though I'd gone to Catholic school, I wasn't really, you know, like most of us in the 70s, were not particularly catechized. And so it was uh, learning apologetics and learning about the truth and kind of realizing uh, what was important. And, uh, 
And over a period of time, I connected with people at EWTN through some of the cable shows and the and the broadcasting convention and was able to come down for a visit. And uh, after a period of time, uh, I thought it might be later in my career, but uh, uh, at some point uh, I was basically told uh, that uh, I was supposed to take a job that didn't pay a lot and I should <laughs> save my money. So I did. Yeah. And uh, when that job came along, uh, it was here. Uh, uh, we, My wife and I took it uh you know, as a family, uh, you know, calling. And it was important, I think, for Marriage Encounter for us because it, it it made it into something that was, it's just not me. It has to be both of us uh, willing to do it and feel that we're, we're called as a family. Uh, and that's how we kind of felt coming here. Uh, and, uh, you know, Mother Angelica hired me, and I told her, well, Mother, you know, just so you know, I also worked on the startup of the Playboy Channel. And she said, "Well, that's why you're here, sweetheart." So, uh, uh-huh. so uh-huh. that uh, is kind of how I ended up back here in what uh, came there actually in 1996. Wow, wow! And now, uh, nearly 30 years here you are, right? Right. Oh, yep. Wow. You that's... got it. Going on 27. 27 this summer. Wow, that's amazing. What what an amazing journey journey that is so you have to you have to have lots and lots of memorable stories to share with us about mother angelica about ewtn absolutely i I think one of the great blessings of of catholic radio obviously is that it's the kind of thing one can listen to in the privacy of especially their car and you know sometimes people are, are are searching sometimes they you know they can be embarrassed about their faith or they feel like they don't know enough about it and, you know, uh, they don't want to be, you know, thought of as being um, some sort of religious fanatic or I'm getting caught up in the faith too much. And it's a way you can go in your car and be on your own and, and be fed on a regular basis with, with prayers, uh, spirituality, learning more about the faith. Because, as you know, I'm sure, Kelly, the more you learn about the faith, the more you realize uh, this is obviously the church that our Lord founded. Yeah. Uh, it all fits together. There, there aren't any threads that you can pull and everything unravels, as it does in many other uh, well-meaning churches, where they're, they're just parts of it that just doesn't quite fit uh, the, the, the model that our Lord started. And so it, it emboldens you. It, it makes you feel better about and, and, and more confirmed in your faith. And in doing that, even if you're a person who can't uh, ap- do apologetics, you can live a more Catholic faith, which helps other people. You can pray for people on a regular basis, which is the most powerful thing you can do. I'm sure, you know, if there's people there who have the financial wherewithal, you want them to support you. At the same time, if they don't, if you have people who, you know, are housebound or whatever, and you need their prayers. That's what's always driven you to be 10. Eucharistic adoration and the prayers of the sisters. That's the energy, the engine uh, between, behind EWTN, and you need that, but you also need those people who God has blessed enough, and I think that's an important thing, too. I've always thought of the kind of like the, the parable of the talents, so much is given, much is expected. Our Lord gives out different amounts to different people, but his expectations are similar to what you talked about, doubling your money, yeah. meaning the, the good servant who comes back after bringing his talents says, look, I have three talents for you. And the Lord's like good and faithful servants because the Lord didn't give you that talent so that you bury it under a rock like the one uh, servant did. 
That's not what your expectation. So if you've been given the gift of your faith, you've been given the gift of Catholic radio in your particular area, it's your obligation, really. It's what the Lord expects you to do is to expand that out. How do, how do you expand that out? You can do that by contributing financially to Divine Mercy Radio. It can be for praying for it. It can be spreading the word and telling other people about it. All different ways that we have in the church to evangelize, and to be part of the mission. But one way or the other, if you've been given a gift, our Lord says, you know, you're, what did you do with what I gave you? That's what he's going to ask you. I gave you the gift of faith. I gave you the gift of the Catholic faith. I gave you maybe particular talents, maybe abilities that allowed you to become somebody who's incredibly successful. What did you do with those riches? There's nothing wrong. There's, you know, money is not bad in itself. The question is, what do you do with it? Do you reach out and help those people in need? And one of the ways that EWTN Radio and Divine Mercy Radio feeds people, we feed them spiritually. There are some people who have wonderful uh, community missions, whether it's the, you know, in your local parish to, to feed the poor. We are feeding the spiritually poor. That's what we're doing. Yes. You know, the care packages are on the ground. We're coming in overhead, landing into people's lives, allowing them to feel that they can survive Sunday to Sunday and still be a good Catholic, still be a good person, because they're inundated with all this negativity and, and, and all of this kind of secularism that tells people, well, you're crazy for believing this. Uh, nobody does that anymore. That's old-fashioned. Well, if old-fashioned means being tied into the to our Lord for 2,000 years ago, I'm happy to be old-fashioned. It's the tricks of the evil one when they plant those thoughts into our minds. So don't, don't any of our listeners, don't give in to it. Do not take advantage of those. Do not give in to any of those tricks because, because we want Catholic radio to build you up and someday all of us, grace of right. God, are in heaven. That, that's what we want. And there are going to be people there that say thank you because they wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Catholic radio. And, and you know, we hear the, the miraculous stories that happen because of, of Catholic radio, because the Holy Spirit is working through the airwaves. We hear them over and over and over again. I'm sure Doug hears even more than I do. And, and what a blessing that is. All of us who donate and keep the airwaves going are the ones that can write our names as as helping with the Holy Spirit to be able to work through the airwaves. Absolutely, and we've we've got uh, you know contacted from people all over the world, as you can imagine, uh, who are people thanking us for you know the outreach of the network through radio or TV, as as you're indicating as well. And, and people who you never would thought would have been touched, uh, people who convert because of it. You know, people in Mongolia who are, are able to listen to the radio on the Internet or in China yeah. or in other parts of the world. In Cuba, we're the lifeline for Catholics in Cuba. So, I mean, all of these things only happen because people are willing to pray and financially support Catholic radio. Because, again, this is not something, as you well know, uh, it's not the parish or the church that's paying for this. It's not. There's no money coming from the Vatican to make this happen. This is a true outreach of Vatican II. Yes. For those people, you want the call of the laity? The call of the laity isn't to replace the priest in the sanctuary. It's to take the gospel out into the world. That's why it's called an apostolate. It goes out into the world. That's our main call. Well, there's nothing more 
of a lay call than, than the media, than taking it and proclaiming the truth of the Catholic Church, bringing the beauty of it out into the world, in, because we can't count on the secular institutes to do it anymore. Years ago, in the 40s and the 50s, you could count on Hollywood and secular television to basically give the Catholic Church a pretty fair deal, you know, going my way, you know, priests were looked up to, things like that. That's all gone. If if you want to be able to get an appropriate perspective of the church, the teachings of the church, not what your friend says they are, not what somebody said they thought they heard on the internet, but what the church actually teaches, then you can listen to Divine Mercy Radio and you can get that. Now, that means that you now know what the truth is. Now, what you do with that is up to you. Everybody has free will. Yeah. That's what our Lord gave us. But our job is, is not to convince anybody. Ours is to put forward what the teachings of the church are and to show people in our own lives, hopefully, how it works. Uh, it's, it, there is a pragmatic side to it. The pragmatic side is these teachings come from the, from the, the, the creator, the person who designed us. He created these rules, these created this way of approach, because this is what works best for humanity. Why people have a problem with that, but don't have a problem with understanding when their trainer at the gym tells them what they need to do to be in shape, that they don't sit there and say, well, I don't really like that. I like this part, but I'm not going to do that other part. But yet I'm going to wonder why it doesn't work out the way I want it to work out. Well, it's because you're not following the instruction manual that would get, was given to you and a church that was given as a guide to walk along with you in, in your walk. Yes, yes. Uh, you you are just so spot on. And so, Doug, can you share with us a little bit about the, the stories and the things that, that you encountered um, while you know, while Mother Angelica was alive and maybe some other stories that you want to share about other things with, with Catholic Radio. Well, I would just say one thing, uh, that coming, having come from uh, New York television and radio and, and had worked in the industry for 20 years, mm. uh, coming to EWTN and seeing it work, uh, it was the perfect way of understanding that it's a miracle, yeah. that it really is the loaves and the fishes, uh, just like I'm sure Divine Mercy Radio is. And at times where it seems things aren't going to work out, if you have that faith, uh, it does. If you stay focused on the mission, it does. But clearly what it shows is that this is a work of God, uh, because if if it was a work of man, well, then EWTN would be in New York City or in Washington, D.C., or, or in Rome or in L.A. or some other media center and a place where, quote-unquote, there are a lot more Catholics. Instead, we're down in Birmingham, Alabama, in Irondale on the buckle of the Bible Belt where Catholics were 1% or 2%, and where when the sisters first came here, the Ku Klux Klan used to, on Saturday nights, have fun taking shots at the house. So uh, where the sisters were staying. So, I mean, it, it's so counterintuitive, mm -hmm. which is the Lord always is. He always does the opposite of what we think. He finds, who does, he, who, who does our Blessed Mother come to? It's the littlest. It's, the, it's children. It's people who are the least likely, uh, you would think. Some of our great saints, Mother Teresa, a little tiny little lady, Solanus Casey, you know, or the cure of ours, somebody who was you know, considered not smart enough to really be a priest. These are the people who ultimately, 
you know, end up shining uh, the Lord's light and reflect it in the world. And so when it came here, and here's Mother Angelica, a nun, you know, she's crippled, she's walking around with the, you know, her braces on, and you hear, you know, and, and she's got her uh, crutches that she's coming around, and, and I'm thinking to myself, she's in pain, she does this, she, she's here, and I'm thinking if I had done everything she had done already, I wouldn't get out of bed. But there she was, um, and she was involved, and she was totally committed to whatever she felt the Lord had put on her heart. And she worked with us intimately. Uh, she, you know, guided us as best she could. Uh, and she really inspired all of us to really be, as Michael Warsaw likes to talk about, you know, relying on providence, God's providence. Mm -hmm. And we know the story about the antenna that shows up and, you know, mother needs, you know, a couple of hundred thousand dollars to pay the down payment on the antenna. She doesn't have the money. What is she going to do? She goes and asks the Lord, you know, you got to take care of this. This is your antenna. This is satellite antenna. You know, and next week she gets a phone call from somebody who says, oh, by the way, Mother, you know, I want to give you money, and I'm going to give you $100,000 or whatever the amount was at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, at the last second, there's a smaller story like that as far as divine providence that I, I kind of remember, which happened when I was here, was when the sisters built the shrine up in Hansville, uh, the monastery, and they they had just moved, kind of moved in and were there, and they had, you know, the bills were starting to come in for the electricity and things like that, and Mother wanted to get the gift shop open. You know, all monasteries have to have the gift shop. We had the one down here. They had to get the gift shop open yeah. so that when people came to visit, they could make a little, you know, money to help, you know, underwrite the expenses of for the sisters in the monastery. And she, she, she kind of told us the story how she drove everybody crazy. They set up this temporary gift shop, and they got it there. At the end of the a week, they had made, let's, $5,000. That might... That might have been how many the sales were. It probably wasn't even what they actually made, but let's say $5,000. And Mother's like, and she's like, I drove everybody crazy. We finally got it done. And then that day, I get a FedEx package, and it's a check for $150,000 for some priest I never heard of who left me this money in his will. Uh, and she said, I just start laughing. And I look up at this, look up, and I say to the Lord, okay, I get it, I get it. I need to have faith. I need to trust. I need to know at the end of the day that you will take care of us. And that was, you know, her great message. It didn't mean you didn't work hard, but it did mean that at the end of the day, you have this sense that, you know, whatever's going to happen, it's what the Lord wants to happen, and he will always make good come out of it, no matter how much it appears negative at the time. Yeah, you know, I, my favorite story, I think, was when the engineers were telling her, you know, up on the mountain, Mother, this right. will never work, right? You know, and and I would say, oh, really? You don't think this, you know, that, that would be me. Is You know, I'd start second-guessing myself. And she said, no, I sasaw St. Michael, right? I saw St. Right. Michael. It right. goes here. You know, that's not a wimp right, right. there. Oh, my gosh. And right. holiness, yeah. absolutely, absolutely full of holiness. Just amazing, amazing stories associated with her. Right. Yeah, she said to, said to the engineer, well, do you see St. Michael over there? And he says, no. Well, I, she says, I do. <laughs> so this is where where it's going. And yeah. that, and there's many other stories about different, I mean, Mother uh, saw a vision of the layout of the monastery, the original monastery here. 
when she was still in Canton, Ohio, an image wow. she saw on the wall. I mean, if you read Raymond Arroyo's book, there's lots of different stories like that. Mother feels like she was saved from getting hit by a car where she was walking out and felt pulled back the last second, and there wasn't anybody there. So wow. there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's the story of Rhoda Wise and Mother's Healing there. Yeah. Um, so another story, which we actually have a They Might Be Saints episode. Uh, so there's, there's lots of different, uh, uh, you know, situations where Mother put her trust in the Lord. Uh, and at the same time, she would always be open to the Lord changing direction. If we were moving in one direction and then she felt like we were being led in another one, she was always, you know, totally open to changing that and, and moving forward uh, in the way she ever felt the Lord was was working. And she also was willing, you know, and one of the great things that I saw with her with as far as, and this is the kind of things that I'm sure your donors feel about you, is they know that you are going to use their money for what they mean for it to be used for and and for the building up of the kingdom. And I saw one time when somebody gave Mother a very large sum of money for a particular project to work on a particular thing related to pro-life. It was a wonderful thing. Mother was incredibly pro-life. And we did, they something was created, and this person wasn't happy with it, and they didn't like it, and then they started going, well, I wanted this and that. And Mother's response was, listen, if you're not happy with what we did, we'll just give you your money back. It's not a problem. And the person was, no, 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 mother, I didn't mean that. You know, I want you to to have it. And But she was willing to say, you know, if you're not happy, that's fine. Take your money back. Uh, you either trust us to do the right thing, and you're giving it to me because you feel that I'm on a mission, or I'm not. Yeah. And it's the same thing. You There's that trust to know you're going to do the right thing with the gifts that you're given. And, and she did. And she, I never saw her misuse in all the years anybody. If it was donated for a particular thing, that's what it got used for. And I'm sure that's the same uh, version of what's happening at Divine Mercy Radio. People give and people are used. And like you said, incredible amounts of economy of scale, but also the idea that you do more with less. Like I said, the loaves and the fishes, same thing here. The, the kinds of programming and things that we're able to create and you create in radio for what it costs in the secular world compared to what we're able to do and, and make happen for a tenth of the expense yeah. uh, of what it costs someplace else. But having ten times the impact on people's lives. People don't walk away and just say, that was a nice sounding program. They walk away saying to themselves, that something that priest said, something Father Spitzer said, something Mother Angelica said, uh, you know, wow, I never thought of it that way. Oh, that helps me understand better. I mean, I learned so much from, I do uh, the show with Father Spitzer, uh, learned so much about, you know, spirituality and things like that. And the man's a genius. Uh, and even just the simple idea of always when things are going on in your life, and you're getting this negative talk, he's saying, you know, he was told by one uh, one of his mentors, who are you listening to, Spitzer? Mm. You know, mm. if that's not bringing you closer to your faith and closer to God and closer to your family, then you're listening to the wrong voice. Right. And you've got to push that voice away and you've got to refocus yourself on the Lord and ask the Lord to say, Lord, I'm giving myself to you. I'm looking for your guidance. I want to hear your voice in my life. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio 
We'll be right back with more from Doug Keck on Catholic Radio, an essential commodity. We're back on One Body Stewarding God's Creation. One body. Catholic Radio, an essential commodity. Stewarding God's Creation. With Doug Keck. One body. One body. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. We only have about 20 more minutes with you. What would you like to focus on during these 20 minutes? Well, really, I'd I'd like to focus on whatever you think is important. But, I mean, certainly, uh, you know, obviously, since the the goal is to try to ask those people who support Catholic Radio to support it in whatever way possible, and certainly financially to be at the top of the list. And, again, I go back to kind of... Hitting on that whole idea, too much is given, much is expected. If Catholic radio has turned your life around, if it's helped your family, uh, if you, you know, I used to kid about the fact that, you know, I'd, I'd get like an email from somebody and it would say, listen, thanks to uh, EWTN and Catholic radio, you know, my family, you know, we've learned about the faith. Now we understand it better. We all go to Mass. You know, my kids are back, you know, and it's really doing great. But that Doug Keck on that show, I really don't like him, so I'm not going to send you any more money. Uh, and you'd say to yourself, come on, folks. The, you know, it's a, it's a, it, there's, there may be a show you don't like, but there's so many others that are there. It's the, it's the Catholic faith. The Catholic faith has a great approach. I, I always remember asking about if there's, you know, spirituality, why are there all these different, you know, religious orders if there's one. And the answer is it's not. There are all different styles of Catholic faith whether you're, you can be a Jesuit or a Franciscan, you know, or, or whatever else, Dominican, they all have different charisms, but that, and different people have different affinities, and you find the affinity, the program, the particular outreach. So for people who are into media, people who feel like this is the kind of thing they'd like to reach other people, they say, you know, I'm not good at public speaking, I'm not an outgoing person, but I can financially support those people at Divine Mercy Radio who are, who have that gift, who have that ability to reach out. I can do my part, you know, and I can't do that, but I can pray. I can go and I can make sure I go to Eucharistic adoration. And when I'm in adoration, one of the intentions I have is to pray for the success of Catholic Radio to prepare, uh, and this particular radio station in particular. I think we, unfortunately for Catholics, in some ways, we've had it so good for so many years where we've just assumed that it's going to be there. Yeah. I mean, I grew up on Long Island. There was a church on every corner. Mm. Uh, you know, when you grew up in New York in the 40s and the 50s, uh, like my parents would say, they didn't talk about what neighborhood you're in. They were talking about what parish you were in, mm. uh, you know, because they were all there. Yeah. And there were so many Catholics and there were so many priests and the church was vibrant. And now we're, we're dealing with, you know, a world that, 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 whose perspective has changed. Uh, it's a much more, a darker world, uh, not so much in the wars happening as the, 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 during the 30s and the 40s, but just kind of a perspective, an anti, 
anti-Christian perspective, an anti-God perspective, really a, a world where what we're living with is some sort of extreme autonomy, where everybody wants to decide for themselves who they are, what they are, whether that's their sexuality, whether that's, you know, my lifestyle, and, and the whole problem is truth. What is, E.W. Chan is the eternal word. What is the eternal word? Jesus Christ. What was Jesus Christ? Truth. Yeah. He is truth. Yeah. And you need that as a touchstone so you know what's real and what's not real in this world. Yeah. But we live in a world of total relativism, as, as Pope Benedict told us, we, you know, that, that world where everything is dependent on how I feel about it or how I think about it. Well, the reality is there is truth and there is reality, and it doesn't matter how you think about it. But many people believe that they've substituted thinking for feeling. Yeah. And they think because I feel this way, then you can't tell me it's different. Well, whether you like it or not, there, are, there is evil and there is good yeah. and there is a separation. And, they're not, and, not, and, and you can't play games with that. And when you do, you have the problems that you have in our society alienation, suicide, incredible abortion rates, uh, euthanasia, all of these things. These are not good things. Things have not gotten better because we've gone down this path. They've gotten worse. The problem is the people who should be telling you that don't want to admit it. It's kind of mother's line about everything going forward with one foot in the air and a queasy feeling in your stomach. I mean, that's how she used to talk about you know, courage and, and doing things. It doesn't mean you're not afraid. It just means you go forward anyway because you know it's the right thing to do. And as we've all mostly found, all of us in our lives, as if we go forward with that faith, somewhere along the line, our Lord picks us up. Yeah. Uh, you know, suddenly we, things we thought weren't going to work suddenly start to fall into place. And it's like, oh, okay, now I see why this is the direction that I that I was led to. Yeah. And and the Lord only gives us so much light. I mean, the lamp unto my feet, uh, to me, when I was a kid, that was a TV show. I didn't know what it meant. But I, I realized later that it, it means that's what our Lord shows. He shows you enough for, like, the next step. But that's about it, because there has to be trust. There has to be faith. Yeah. And we have to have the faith that if we stand with the truth of the Church, that we will be doing the right thing. Yeah. Ultimately, the Lord knows what you're doing. And as you indicated, and one of the things I know sometimes when I'm on with Teresa Tomio on Catholic Connection, you know, the idea of saying, you know, people aren't, it's not like the only thing you should ever listen to is Divine Mercy Radio or EWTN. We're Catholics. We live in the, in the greater world. We're supposed to uh, be salt for the rest of society. So, but the idea is, if you can get the truth from Divine Mercy Radio, that's when you're dealing with the secular channels, whatever you're watching, or TV shows, or other things. You have the basis. You have the formation to, to uh, engage in those things without them turning your head to the point that you start thinking, oh, this is a really good idea. Or, you know, well, so-and-so says that's, that's what the church should be doing. You know, again, you know, one of the things with the church is it's welcoming. It welcomes all of us into it so that we can understand what the truth is and that over a period of time, if not initially, we can adapt ourselves to a better understanding and live our lives in reflection of the truth. Not so that the church can figure out how to adapt itself to whatever the uh, particular uh, fashions are, you know, whether they were the 60s or the 70s or any other time period, which is the latest 
and greatest fad that's out there because ultimately that's not eternal. We're an eternal network. We're not talking about things that are popular. We're talking about things that are true. And it gives you a touchstone. It gives you something to to compare everything against so that you have that faith. When I was a kid growing up, they used to uh, have ratings, A4, A1, B, C for condemned. And they, and they had something that was called A4 for adults with reservations. Now, when I was a kid, I thought it meant if you bought the tickets already, it was okay to go. Mm. But I realized later what it meant was, as a Catholic who was well-versed in their faith, you could go and deal with this particular subject matter because you had that foundation. The trouble with many of our Catholics today, they don't have that foundation. That's what Divine Mercy Radio gives them. It, It fills in that foundation that wasn't quite you know, put together as well as it should have been because the catechetical teachings over the last 30 years haven't been that great. Because you know, in your heart, you know, it's in a lot of times in the Catholic sense, in your heart, you know, it's true, yeah. but you don't really always understand why it's true. Yeah. Okay. And this helps to reinforce that. So when people challenge you, you feel more comfortable with the idea of, you know, even if I don't know the exact answer, I know that the church is right about this. Remember Carl Keating, who started Catholic Answers, used to always say, you know, if I didn't know, I'd say to people, I don't know the answer to your question, but I know there is one. Because I know the Catholic Church is true, and so there has to be an answer to your objection. And so have the faith that that objection, whatever your kids tell you or your your uncle or your brother who doesn't go to church anymore and his perspective on this, you know, the one thing you know is at the end of the day, you're living out your faith, you're doing the right thing. Uh, you know, and you try to be the best example you can uh, for the other people in your life. You can't browbeat people. You can't force people uh, to believe that's a gift from God. But you can, uh, you know, live that out and speak up for the truth in love. Truth and love, but it's both of those things. So, you know, sometimes people can be too much about the truth and there's not enough love mixed in. And other times people, especially in today's society, it's all about, well, I don't want anybody to feel bad. I don't want anybody to, you know, get mad at me, uh, you know. But if you're speaking the truth in love, you say, I love you, and but I love you too much to let you continue to go down a path that's wrong. Yeah. And why shouldn't that be spiritually? You wouldn't want somebody who's on drugs to go down the wrong path. You wouldn't want somebody who's drinking too much to go down the wrong path yeah. or anything else like that or living some sort of risky behavior yeah. or, you know, living in their basement and never going out. You'd say, I don't think this is a good thing for your psychology, for your... You need to connect with people. We we are communal people. That's why going to Mass, not only for the Eucharist and the real presence, but also there is a community aspect of it as well. And we're seeing, again, the depression rates, suicide rates, especially among young women uh, out there, uh, with this lack of connectiveness and this lack of commitment that people have. Uh, you have to be committed. That's what our Lord's asking. That's where I asked the apostles to say, you're going to leave me too? Yeah. Uh, or are you committed to me? And we have to say, yes, Lord. You have the words of eternal life. There's no place else to go. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, I think that Catholic Radio does build up many listeners so that they can evangelize in the way that mm-hmm. you're talking about. I also think that there are still people out there, even though they're listening to Catholic Radio, it's just not in them to get into those kinds of conversations. But how cool it is that they can say, well, you know, 
I'm not sure that that's really right, but if you listen at, you know, whatever time it is here, 4 o'clock, to Catholic Answers, you could call in and you could ask that question. What a valuable exactly. tool it is that we have through Catholic Radio. Not only are we learning ourselves, but we are able to then evangelize to others. Who would have thought, Doug, you know, all those years ago when EWTN got started, that we'd now be worldwide? Absolutely. You know, you're talking about 1981, uh, mother starting, uh, you know, with no experience, just uh, felt called uh, to have it, uh, a, a television station. They went on, it was four hours initially. Uh, then uh, in time for the Holy Father's visit, they they jumped to 24 hours, took a very large leap of faith. And now, basically, you know, we've got radio basically transmitting over 500 domestic international AM, FM radio affiliates, worldwide shortwave heard throughout the world. We've got one of the largest cable uh, and Catholic websites in the world. We've got 20, uh, actually 20 million point two million website page views. We've got about 8.5 million website users. We've got about 6.5 million social media followers. You know, we're in our 42nd year, 11 channels, um, you know, more than 400 million households in more than 160 countries. And, you know, it all started here in the United States with a little lady from Canton, Ohio, named Rita Rizzo, you know, who who stepped out in faith. And uh, she's the one who said years ago, too, when we started Catholic Radio, she said, you know, there's people out there, they've got money, they can support this work. We'll give you the programming for free. You just got to get the local station working there, and 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 the rest is history. But it it was her stepping out in faith, and it's the individual people you just mentioned who are willing to step forward and 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 put what they can in to support this because not because of just what ha- it's good for them, but because they know that this they they have friends, they have family who need these messages. People who've walked away from the faith or or having trouble, you know, holding on to their faith, to have that out there. And Mother used to believe also just the idea, if you can radiate the earth with the gospel, you know, God can do the rest. So if you can, you can help get the plumbing in and get the signal out into people's lives, trust me, and and you were alluding to it, Kelly, you have no idea how many people's lives are being changed on an everyday basis through Catholic radio. You will never know it. I, like you said, to get Father Groeschel used to say, you'll never know what EW10 did till you get to the other side. It's the same idea. You have no idea. There are people out there in your town, in your neighborhood, in your churches around town whose lives are being improved in some way that you cannot even detect because of something they heard or on Catholic radio. And that's your part, to, to put that in there, to make it available so the people who are suffering, the people who are starving, and we're living in a world of spiritual starvation. My Lord, what did Mother Teresa say uh, years ago about about the United States? What It's starving spiritually. Yeah. I mean, she was coming from a place where people were physically starving. And in some ways, what she was saying, it's worse to starve spiritually. Yeah. Our Lord said, don't worry about the ones who can do damage to your body. It's the ones who can impact your soul yeah. uh, and impact your spiritual life. They're the ones who threaten your eternal life yeah. and your eternal destiny. We lost too much of the eternal aspect of our faith and our lives that this, where we are now is a short period of time. 
that we want to do the best we can and be the best person we can and love our family and help get our spouse to heaven and our kids to heaven and our friends to heaven and, and do the best we can with the light that the Lord has given us and the gifts he's given us. But at the end of the day, you know, there's that eternal. That's why EW10 is called the Eternal Word Television Network. Mm. It's not eternal world. The world's not going on forever. The mm. word goes on forever. <laughs> That's a really good point. That, that is awesome. That really is. You know, Doug, we want to say thank you very much. Thanks for tuning into One Body Stewarding God's Creation. If you are a business or service that can underwrite this One Body show, please know it is affordable and your 30-second spot will run three times during the show, which runs five times a week on five different stations. Interested? Call 785-621-4110. You're listening to the network of stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. One body, stewarding God's creation.